Chapter thirty five of the Ordeal of Elizabeth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter thirty five The Ordeal of Elizabeth by Anonymous. It was the first day of Elizabeth's trial. She could hardly realize that it had come this event which they had anticipated so long the thought of which had lately crowded out every other there was nothing alarming about the present proceedings the appearance of one juryman after another generally followed in each case by a peremptory challenge one was objected to because he was thought to have formed a favourable opinion another an unfavourable one and still another because he was apparently incapable of forming any opinion at all if she had not been on trial for her life she might have thought it dull her gaze wandered to that wide courtroom window opposite from which she could see an expanse of roofs flagstaffs and chimneys full of charm and excitement after the unbroken outline of blank walls which for many months had bounded her view then forgetting herself she glanced about the room quickly turned and shrank back while the colour rushed into her white face there were some women whom she knew thickly veiled in the crowd behind her women who were against her those who were her friends had the consideration to stay away and there were others whom she did not know who crowded as close to the bar as they could eyeing her with eager curiosity making remarks about her in a stage whisper as the heroine of this sensational case she was a disappointment both in dress and appearance well her hair waves prettily the words came distinctly to elizabeth's ears in a lull in the proceeding but that's about all i don't see why she was ever called a beauty do you why no indeed her features aren't regular not a bit and isn't she thin and white hush a kindlier voice broke in suppressing the others it's no wonder poor thing most people would lose their looks if they'd been through what she has a pang shot through elizabeth none the less distinct because the reason was in the view of what was going on so trifling and absurd she had dressed herself that morning with unusual care resolved to present as far as possible an undisturbed front to the world and she had not realized that the plain black gown and the unrelieved sombreness of the black hat which would once have thrown into more dazzling relief her fresh young beauty now emphasized with startling plainness the change in her appearance for a moment the fact forced itself upon her and hurt even then when a woman has always been regarded as a beauty it is hard to become accustomed to a different point of view after all what difference did it make she had not realized the effect which her looks were supposed to produce on the jury for a while the prospect of any jury at all seemed dubious the hours passed the day came to an end and there were exactly two men in the box it was not till the end of the third day that the number was complete twelve most unhappy men whose faces eleanor van antwerp scanned eagerly some she decided were kind others too logical all of them were more or less intelligent there were one or two she thought to whom the pathos of elizabeth's pale and faded looks might appeal with some eloquence 
that fresh colouring and rounded curves would have lacked entirely upon these men she based her hopes and so the trial once fairly started dragged on in its weary length mrs bobby spent her days there sitting beside elizabeth her whole life just then seemed bounded by the courthouse walls she had no interest in anything outside and elizabeth's aunts too came every day it was pathetic to see these timid elderly women plunged for the first time in their sheltered lives into this fierce glare of publicity under which they bore up unflinchingly in the effort to show to all the world their firm faith in their niece's ultimate acquittal as for elizabeth she had little hope but neither had she except at times any great fear the worst had been that first day and now she was used to being stared at used even to the thought that she was being tried for her life the scene and its accessories the listening eager crowd behind her the judge before her with his impassive face in which she thought she could perceive now and again or did her hopes deceive her a gleam of sympathy the jury weary but resigned the reporters taking notes scanning her with eyes that noted every detail of her manner and bearing placed upon them heaven knows what construction bobby van antwerp moving restlessly about holding long conferences with the lawyers her counsel and the district attorney wrangling glaring at each other over the heads of unfortunate witnesses the whole thing lost its terrors grew to be an accepted part of her life's routine the evidence at first was technical there was much she did not understand she wondered if the jury did there were the doctors showing with many long words and tedious explanations with what sort of poison the murder had been committed and then there were the handwriting experts with still longer words and more tedious explanations now what was it that they had brought out those unfortunate letters which she remembered so well having written in great haste and anxiety the experts were pointing out the numerous points of resemblance between them and another piece of paper which she had never seen before and now it was the secret marriage they were proving though what was the use of that when no one denied it the question of motive was absolutely clear the district attorney had expatiated upon it at great length in his opening speech all this elizabeth grasped more or less distinctly she realized that the evidence was strong against her but she could not weak and dazed as she was keep her mind on it the voice of the witnesses would grow indistinct a mist would pass over the anxious faces around her a lull would come in the nervous tension of the atmosphere the blue sky which she saw from the window would seem very near and she would float off into phases of oblivion from which she would be roused perhaps by a touch on her arm or a voice in her ear listen darling that was a point in your favor her aunts or eleanor van antwerp would say these points were few and far between but there was one which elizabeth understood she hoped that the jury did mr fenton was examining one of the medical experts for the prosecution a man who had had large experience in poisoning cases the counsel for the defence was putting him through series of questions the drift of which was not altogether plain what sort of a crime did he consider poisoning an atrocious one was it not 
generally committed by hardened criminals had the witness ever been in contact with a case of poisoning where the whole scheme had been concocted and carried out by a girl of twenty far removed by education friends and antecedents from any connection with crime no the witness could not in his own experience recall any such case but he had no doubt that it had been known though he agreed in response to mr fenton's next question that it would be slightly abnormal and here the district attorney interposed with one of those objections which any lawyer seemed to make mechanically whenever a question proved inconvenient to his side but the judge decided in favor of mr fenton and he went on imperturbably shifting his ground a little poisoning is a crime don't you think so that calls for a great deal of thought and calculation yes the witness thought it would undoubtedly the person who planned it would have plenty of time to consider the consequences the witness responded i should think so he or she whoever it was that planned it would be probably of a cold-blooded and calculating disposition probably and not likely do you think so to suffer from hysterical remorse as soon as the act was accomplished here the opposing counsel again intervened and was again silenced by the judge mr fenton repeated his question i ask you he said addressing the witness with a certain solemnity as a man who has had experience with criminals and human nature whether you think it likely that a woman strong-minded and cold-blooded enough to commit this diabolical crime on hearing of its accomplishment a thing she has been expecting for days would be seized by a fit of hysterical remorse would utter wild incriminating words in the presence of no matter whom anyone who chanced to be present and would rush up at once to look at the body of the man whom she had murdered the witness hesitated it it doesn't seem likely he admitted at last it would be much more don't you think said mr fenton quietly like the conduct of an innocent woman who was suffering from a nervous shock and had no thought of controlling her actions because she had no idea of being suspected the witness after a long pause yes it would certainly seem so it certainly does said mr fenton thank you doctor i have no more questions to ask and he sat down with an air of one who had scored a point thereupon the prosecution as if to prove the strength of the evidence which he had anticipated placed upon the stand bridget o'flaherty formerly maid-servant to the mrs van vorst who swore upon her solemn oath that the prisoner had in her hearing declared herself guilty of the murder of paul halleck yes those were her very words the maid declared that she had killed him and she had added that it had come at last just as she despaired of it or something of the kind referring no doubt to the fact that halleck had kept the poison some time before taking it the woman's testimony was full and circumstantial and she gave the impression of telling the truth mr fenton on cross-examination proved that she had been dismissed without a character from the services of mrs van vorst also that she had been paid for her evidence by a yellow journal its effect was distinctly undermined when he permitted her to leave the stand and with that the prosecution called upon miss cornelia to corroborate the maid's statement miss cornelia was deathly white her head shook 
her thin silvery curls fluttered as if they had caught the infection of her own nervousness in one hand she grasped her smelling sorts desperately with the other she revolved in an agitated way a small black fan a murmur of sympathy ran through the courtroom as she took her place even the district attorney seemed sorry for her and put his opening questions with unwonted gentleness his tone was still bland when he came to the important point had she noticed anything peculiar in her niece's manner on the morning after the murder miss cornelia's answer was low but it was quite audible she was shocked naturally naturally but did she seem surprised miss cornelia's answer was this time still lower and given with more hesitation i i think so you mean you are not sure i i was so upset myself began miss cornelia that you did not notice no i i did not notice said miss cornelia relieved you thought that her manner was unremarkable and simply what you might have expected under the circumstances yes i i thought so said miss cornelia she added to herself the mental reservation that she had no idea what sort of manner under the circumstances she should have expected the district attorney assumed a more impressive manner miss van vorst he said do you believe in the sacredness of an oath yes i i certainly you would not speak anything but the truth no said miss cornelia this time more firmly then i ask you said the district attorney suddenly drawing himself up to his full height and fixing his eyes upon her i ask you on your sacred oath did your niece or did she not on the morning after the murder of paul halleck say to you that she had killed him or words to that effect there was a long silence miss cornelia looked desperately about her as the judge whose face showed more than ever a touch of human sympathy at mr fenton white with anxiety trying to telegraph a hundred things which she could not understand at the jury bending eagerly forward then back at those most interested her sister in an agony of suspense mrs van antwerp flushed and trembling in her vain desire to intervene lastly miss cornelia's haggard eyes sought elizabeth herself the girl was sitting white and rigid motionless as a statue her hands clenched her eyes resolutely bent upon the floor if it was a terrible moment for her how much worse was it for the aunt who had brought her up who was now called upon by a refinement of cruelty to destroy what seemed to be her only chance oh for the courage it seemed to her almost noble to utter one good lie but there were the lynx-like eyes of the district attorney fixed upon her there was the oath she had taken weighing upon her conscientious soul suddenly she felt with a sense of despair that her silence had already spoken louder than speech and even as the thought passed through her mind her answer framed itself on her lips and seemed to be uttered without her own volition one word barely audible but caught at once and registered by twenty reporters while a suppressed sigh went the round of the courtroom yes thank you said the district attorney that is all i wished to know end of chapter thirty five